Proverbs chapter 17. Now, while flying from London back to Cork, I once overheard a mother telling her nine-year-old son, Jacob, now remember, run to daddy first and then the dog. Small boy was at the Dublin Zoo with his father and they were looking at the tigers and his father was telling him how ferocious and dangerous tigers are. Daddy, if the tigers got out and ate you up, Yes, son, the father asked, ready to console him. Which bus should I take home? You get it, you get it. Then there was the father of five children who had won a toy at the fun fair. So he gathered all his children around to determine which one was worthy of the prize. He asked, who's been the most obedient? Who never talks back to mother? And who does everything mother says? And all five of the children replied in one unison, Okay, Dad, you get the toy. (laughs) I've been doing a lot of study lately about the family for the last, I don't know, two months. And I've come to the conclusion that there are five and only five key areas of life that make or break a society. There are only five. You think it's the economy, we're told on... On the news, it's, it's security, all of these things, but, but I've been around a long enough time. I've seen that the awareness and the fear of God in that society is the first and the most important thing to have a stable society and a safe society. If you have to have CCTV cameras everywhere, it's because you don't believe as God. God is watching you. Second key area that will make or break a society, and that is a hard work ethic. When you have half the population or more living on welfare, you have self-destruction. You have doom in the future. Third key area is freedom from tyranny. That means the government and the, the, uh, the, the, the state are small and limited by the people. If you want to have a long-term uh, uh, society, you keep the government at in control instead of them controlling you. And the fourth thing that's important to have to have a, a long-lasting and a safe society is have an attitude of servitude among people. They just want to help one another, not the arrogant and the proud and the uh, the, the domineering attitude that you find today of arrogance and toward each other. <clears throat> But there's one last area that is important to have a society that lasts, and that is biological fathers in the home. Why do you use the word biological? What I mean is not just any old man in the home. You could have a mannequin in the home if it didn't matter. It matters that that mom and dad stay together. It matters that the biological father of children is in that home. Because if any of those are twisted and abused or missing... The society is doomed to civil war, to self-destruction, and to the judgment of God. Now, maybe there are other reasons in other key areas. I don't know. Uh, but uh, looking at history and learning from just watching my own generation go to pot, uh, I figured out that uh, uh, those are the five key areas that when, when especially, especially the fear of God, but those are five key areas for a long-lasting society. And I know that 
many mothers throughout history have been left holding the baby, so to speak. And we're not, we're not going to talk about blame. We're going to talk about concern. Uh, because men who are taught and trained to be responsible stay married and are there for their children's children. Unfortunately, most men are not well-trained. I, I see 40-year-olds who know how to build things in Minecraft, but they know how, have no idea how to build a wall or dig a hole. I know 40-year-olds who can play FIFA 2016, and they don't know how to play with their kids. Uh, there, are, there are some men who know how to kick and, and, and run with a ball. Amen. The Irish didn't do too well yesterday, but we won't talk about them. But most other men have been coddled, constantly catered to, hyper-protected, and effeminized. Generally, modern man has been taught to be irresponsible, to do as they please without regard to anyone else. Now, what's this message all about? This message is all about not uh, on Mother's Day. I talk about the importance of motherhood. On Father's Day, I'm going to talk about dad. So, women, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to. I'm not going to honor you at all. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to make all of us feel very uncomfortable, and then I'm going to help all of us get encouraged. Um, let's go, Lord, in prayer at this point. Father, I pray that you would help us to hear what you have to say and to consider how much we have been conditioned to fight fatherhood, to to resist the designs that you have for the home and for the people in that home. Men have been pretty responsible for a lot of the failures but let's not join with them. Let's not help the destruction of the home. Let's fix it. Father, grieve our hearts. Help us to wake up and look around and see that that, uh, dads need to be honored. And, and, And we may not be able to fix our government. We may not be able to fix... the the society's view of God overnight, but we can right here, right now, Father, we can change the way we view dads. And we can change and help change our dads. Lord, please bless the the message this this morning. I pray you bless our homes. Help me say what you would say if you were here. Help everyone hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Proverbs 17, 6, love this chapter, but this verse is a, is a wild verse. It'll be, it'll say things that you probably hadn't noticed before. Look at Proverbs 17 and verse 6. Children's children. What are those? Grandchildren. Children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their father. Solomon wisely concludes that having a family, having children, especially having grandchildren, I've got six of them right now so far. You've got how many? 1,753, is that right? I just read, you know, there's somebody, I forget where he is, but there's somebody up in Galway or somewhere, he's got a hundred grandkids. Grandkids and great-grandkids. That's that's a new tribe, amen, but uh, <laughs> fantastic. He said having grandkids 
He said, that's a great thing. And the crowning achievement of old age is not a golf course up in County Clare. The crowning achievement of old age is not being able to retire on a boat in the Mediterranean. The crowning, according to this, it says, children's children are the crown of old men. The joy of old age. You know, grandchildren make growing old worth it. But take a look at the last half of the scripture. It says, the glory of children are their fathers. Now, you would think it would say, their mothers. Certainly, the children, they need their mothers. Yeah, they do. But the Bible says, the glory of children are their fathers. So, ladies, just zip it and let me say what God says, okay? Very important to learn why fathers mean so much to everybody's well-being. Glory. When we say the word glory, what does that mean? We've heard about the glory of God. We know about the glory of heaven, but when Solomon says here the glory of children, what does he mean? He means the thrill of a child. He means the joy, the brightness, the boasting of children is about their dads. Three boys sitting there aren't going to argue about how fast mom does the dishes. All right? My mom's faster than your mom. They don't, they don't brag on that. They do brag about dad, don't they? When a child, what a, uh, when it talks about the glory of children, it talks about what a child looks up to and admires and almost worships. It's found in their father. I don't think it's wrong. But Solomon is stating a needful truth that the glory, the joy, the thrill of a child is their dad. So, dads are vital to the stability of every nation, every society, every home, and every child. Now, you wouldn't think so if you, if you saw him every night on television. But for the last 30 years, 50 years, however long it has been going on, mankind, I hate looking at that, i got to get rid of him. <laughs> People have gotten this, this mocking attitude towards fatherhood. Now, some people, it's old news. But we've lost too many generations of young men to Hollywood, to sports, to drink, and now drugs. So abortion, same-sex marriage, multitudes of children born without dads is a result of the loss of biblical respect for a dad. It's that simple. You say, you're telling me that this desire to for... for for um, uh, women to go and have an abortion and for people to have abortion in Ireland, the freedom to have abortion is because dads aren't honored. Yes, I'm saying that exactly. There's something we can do to save our nation, and that's to bring dad back to the place that he belongs. What if dads actually could have made the difference in our lives? You look back on your life and you see all the, 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 the mess-ups. God gave you a dad. Now, you may have fought him, or maybe he wasn't there for you. But that is key and very important to your well-being and to your children's well-being. God says dad still can make the difference. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. That says, Jeremiah, ignore that for a minute. I'll come to there in a minute. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4.
Ephesians 6 and 4. 6 verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to what? But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Having a dad in our lives is very important. According to Ephesians 6, 4, fathers can make or break a child's life. You can make them where they turn out angry, turn out where they're rebels, or you can bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, having a dad is very important. And fatherlessness is hard. And I grew up without a father. My dad left when I was 12 years old. Now, I never really got to know my dad. My dad worked a lot. So I didn't really get to know my dad, but at least he was there up until about 11 and then 12 he was gone. But I'm proof that it's not impossible to break the curse of fatherlessness. But it is hard. It's hard knowing how to love your wife and how to stay faithful and how to do right and how to be a man when you don't have a man in your life. The first the first man, I'll give you a, a little insight, the first real man in my life besides my dad that I really looked up to and I learned a lot from was my pastor that I got saved under. His name was Jack Humbert. And for the first time in my life, I saw somebody who would look at me, tell me what to do, and then look away. <laughs> didn't coddle me, didn't try to explain to me, just say, do this. I needed that. I needed a man in my life. I mean, women will take all day explaining stuff, but a man, do it, and you're on your way. I, if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. I'm not going to worry about it. My, my pastor actually had a, a session. He taught all the teenagers, had us all come up to the front of the church and... He taught us about being respectful. He had each of us come up at different times, and he said, I got to be the one to stand up. He says, Craig, stand up. Good. Get a haircut. Amen. Because my hair was down to here. Had another guy stand up there, and he's like this. And Jack says, stand up straight, young man. Switch his feet. So he come down there and he says, I, he put his back against the other kid's back and he says, straight up, straight up, straight up. Now stay that way. Good. That's what a young man looks like. That may, make, that may not make great preaching, but it influenced my life because nobody told me to stand up straight. He said, you ever, you ever, uh, uh, you ever go somewhere, you pay your bill. You don't expect anybody else to pay it. You pay it. If somebody offers, thank God. But don't expect anybody else to take care of you. You pay your bills. What am I saying? I needed that. Because fatherlessness is hard. Hold your, your go, go back to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. That's why, um, uh, that's why God commits to stepping in and helping fatherless children. Proverbs 10 and verse 18. No, it's Psalms. Psalm 8, 10, 18. Psalms 8, 10, 18. Look at verse 17. Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. Why? To judge. Judge meaning 
to judge on the side of the fatherless and the oppressed, that the man of the earth may no more oppress. God will intervene to protect the fatherless and the oppressed. Still in Psalms, go to chapter 27 and verse 10. Psalm 27 and verse 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So God commits to intervening and helping fatherless children. But you know, Christians are supposed to intervene. Oops. So Christians are supposed to intervene and take care of fatherless children as well. Go to James with me. Oh, no, stay in Psalms. I'll say you one other thing. Psalm 82, since you're here. Psalm 82 and verse 3. This is society. Psalm 82 and verse 3 says, Defend the poor and what? And fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Now go to James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse 27. Pure religion. James 1, 27. Pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the, what's the word? Fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted by the world. So God commits to stepping in and helping fatherless children. Society is supposed to step in and take care of them. And Christians are commanded to step in and take care of fatherless children. Why? Because it's hard. It's hard not having a dad. It's hard not having a mom. Now, studies over the past 50 years have shown a strong link between a father's residence with his children and their well-being. I can get you all the links but children who grow up without a father in the Irish society, and Irish studies are almost non-existent. There's probably only in the last three or four years that people started to look at the dad. People have almost erased him from the equation. But one in four families in Ireland are one-parent families. Now, when it says one parent, that includes... Um, uh, uh, families that that is a, that is that is a good because at least another man is in the house, but it's not the biological father. I can't get the statistic of how many have only their biological mom there and not their biological dad. But that's another thing. Statistics are hard to get. Secondly, that's over half a million families, half a million people live in one parent families. People in lone parent families continue to have the lowest disposable income out of all our households. Do you know who makes more money? Married people. Now, what are they trying to destroy? Marriage. Does that start to upset you? When they bring in all of these ideas of what marriage is and what it isn't, and there's really no need for marriage anymore, what are they doing? They're destroying the opportunity for people to be able to succeed. Because people who don't get married struggle. In 2014, 11% of children ages birth to 17, or one in nine children, lived in consistent poverty. What does that mean? It means that they live below 60% of the national median income, and they experience deprivation. I'm reading the, the article here in, from the census. 
And they, they miss out on 11 deprivation indicators. It can mean going 24 hours without a substantial meal or being cold because parents are unable to afford, afford heat in the home. And that says one in nine children live in some sort of state of deprivation because mom and dad can't stay together. Children living in one-parent family households are almost twice as likely to live in poverty than other children. You say it's unfair. We're not talking about fair. We're talking about a destruction of society. Next time you have a, a, a prospective TD knocking on your door, look them square in the eye and say, go away. Because not one of them has an answer to the problems. They only make it worse. I wish I could sit here and preach on politics for another hour because we have bought the idea that we need to take the money from the rich and give to the poor. We need to take care of all of these single moms. We need to take care of all of these problems. They need to move out and make people work again. And they need to allow God to be the one in charge of people's lives, not Tishuk. Amen. It's not working, folks. Now, more statistics. Listen to the Daily Mail back in 2012. This is cute. I really like this. They say, absence of a loving father can wreck a child's life. Really? (laughs) New study shows relationships with both parents are crucial. 10,000 UK children and their parents, no matter the home life situation, they deal with all life situations, concluded that we have assumed for the past 300 years that all children need all that all children need for a normal, healthy development is simply a loving relationship with their mother. That's what we believed. And we believe that dads are there to support the mother and to support the family financially, but are not required for the healthy development, development of their children. This is what it says. I'm quoting. But that belief is fundamentally wrong. We have to start getting away from the idea, from that idea, and realize that dad's influence is as great and sometimes greater than the mother's. And when they said that, they knew they were going to get a lot of flack. His research shows, uh, he's talking about, and I just, I don't even quote all these doctors with 15 letters in their name. His research shows a father's input in particularly, is, in partic- is particularly important for behavior and can influence If a child later drinks to excess, takes drugs, or suffers mental health problems. Dad in the home helps those problems, not government programs. Norman Wells, the family education of the Family Education Trust, said, This study underlines the importance of intact and stable families where both the father and the mother are committed to bringing up their children together. Successive governments have failed to recognize the fact that men and women are different, and they parent differently. And he criticized ministers for pretending that one parent is as good as two or that two parents of the same sex are as good as two natural parents of the opposite sex. That was in the Daily Mail. In America, the statistics are everywhere because they've been, they've been hammering this thing for the last 50 years. And in America, if you grow up without a father, you're five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. You're nine times more likely to drop out of school. You're 20 times more likely to end up in jail or in prison. In a study, uh, in a study examining fathers' involvement with 134 children 
of adolescent mothers over the first 10 years of their life, researchers found that the father-child contact was associated with better social, emotional, and academic functioning. What does that mean? It means their children with more involved fathers experienced far fewer behavioral problems and scored higher in academics because dad was there. You say, dad's that important? Yes. Being raised by a single mother, and I, it's not, this is not against single mothers. As a matter of fact, I, I would give right arm, left arm, right leg, left leg to help out single moms. I know what it's like to have to break up. I know I've been in a home where they had to separate. I know what has to happen sometimes because of, of the flesh, because of the past, because of sin, because of stubbornness, because of the devil. I know all that. But let me tell you, we've got to stop thinking it's okay to not fight to keep our dad home. We've got to change the way we look at dad and say, Dad has to be honored. It has to be kept. Almost at all costs. Now, being raised by a single mother raises the risk of teen pregnancy. Among girls, marrying with less than a secondary school degree. Girls forming a marriage with both partners have less than a secondary school degree. It's just without, if, if a single mom just raises single moms. That's the truth. Now, you don't have to. As a matter of fact, getting saved is the first step out of that curse, Amen. But this has got to wake up saying, you know what? Every time they make fun of fatherhood and fathers and honoring fathers and saying yes, sir, to dad, every time they make fun of that, they're destroying children's children. There's more drug abuse in homes where there's a single parent. 71%, and this is in America, 71% of all dropouts from secondary school are come from Fatherless homes. Three-fourths of all children drop out of school. Don't have a dad. Fatherless children have more trouble academically. Score poorly on tests for reading, mathematics, and thinking skills. Children from father-absent homes are more likely to be truant from school, skip school, more likely to be excluded from school, more likely to leave school before the age of 16, and less likely to obtain attain uh, academic and professional qualifications in adulthood. Now, I know mom and dad could be the best and, and kids still go wrong. Obviously, that's the case. The perfect father, Adam and Eve, raised in the perfect garden, still went wrong. You can't control and, 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 and protect and make hearts perfect and come out right. But let me tell you this. We bought the, the lie that we don't need dad when dads are needed. Tupac Shakur made $75 million on his records, and he's worshipped by half of America. He was shot in 1996, shot dead on the street. You know what he said? I know for a fact that had I had a father, I'd have some discipline. I'd have more confidence. He said, your mother cannot calm you down the way a man can. You need a man to teach you how to be a man. I wish you were alive today to say amen to that. Now, there are exceptions, but they are exceptions. They're not the norm. We need to start blaming our attitudes about how important it is to be a faithful, hardworking, strong father, how important honoring our father and fatherhood is. 
So a father is more than just a man. Go to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Father is a special kind of a man. Genesis chapter 17. Verse 1, 2, 3, and 4, God is talking to Abraham. Genesis 17, verse 1. And when Abram was 90 years old and 9. Just fancy way of saying he's 99. The Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk thou before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Now, listen, anybody can make a baby. Any male can make a baby. But it takes a special kind of a man to be a father who is there, who's with his family from start to finish. I believe our generation has forgotten what it means to be a man. So we we lack the foundation of manhood. And you ladies wonder how come when they became a dad, they were jerks. You married a jerk. Amen. Who didn't know how to work and stay working and pay the bills and stay out of debt. He didn't know how to stay faithful to you. He didn't know how to stay away from the porn. He didn't know how to stay away from, from the drink. The foundation of manhood is broken. So when you tried to build a father out of him, he collapsed. Does that make sense? Fatherhood takes a special kind of man. Abraham was a man, even a great man. But God said, I want to make a better man out of you. I want to make a dad out of you. Is that cool? You see, when when we get a kid, when we get a child, we become an example. I'm not just a dad. I'm not just someone who made the baby. I'm someone that God gave to my children for them to watch and to learn from. More than they need to watch Teletubbies and Barney and all the stuff that kids are now raised on and they're watching and they're being babysat by, they need to watch their dad. And they, need, they need their mom. They need brothers and sisters. But let me tell you, they need to watch their dad. God gave my children the gift of me to be an example. To be an example of strength to be an example of what it's like being weak, to be an example of what it's like to be godly, to be an example of what it's like to be repentant, to be an example of having patience, and as a little example of what it's like to be impatient, Uh, to be an example of strength under control, to be an example of masculinity, to be an example of love and authority in the home. A father is a God-given example. He's also the authority in the home. You're in Genesis. Go to chapter 18 and verse 17. Now, I don't want to ask any of you, but when you were growing up, who was louder, your mom or your dad? <laughs> Genesis chapter 18 and verse 17. Genesis eighteen seventeen. the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will suggest to his children and his household after him. (laughs) He will get his wife's permission. 
I asked Eric last night, I says, uh, I need you to drive the bus tomorrow. He's actually back and he says, I'll have to ask Allison. <laughs> so I said, well, don't explain, don't explain, don't even try. <laughs> I know, Abraham, that he will command his children. You ladies, you know all hour, all day, you will sit there and say, sit up, eat your food, get away from the television, do your homework. Doesn't work. Dad comes in, get off the television. Boom, television's off. Amen. God made us that way. And when when the world effeminizes us a little bit, oh, I don't upset Johnny because if I upset Johnny, I've upset mother. Oh, no, no, no. Put them backbone back into manhood and expect that dad's going to raise his voice and he's not angry. Don't make him angry. <laughs> he's just being a man and he has authority. Amen. Dads need that. He's supposed to be the authority in the home. Doesn't take votes. <laughs> Father carries lots of responsibilities. Go to Lamentations. You're in, go to... Lamentations is right after the book of Jeremiah. So if you go to Isaiah, Jeremiah, then a little book called Lamentations. Father carries loads of responsibilities. Lamentations, chapter 3 and verse 27. It is good. Lamentations. You haven't looked in that book in a while, have you? Shame on you. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 27 says, It is good for a man that he bear the yoke, carry the weight in his youth. You know, one of the things I worry about is here these kids, they're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and they never worked a job. The only thing they've ever lifted was a pencil. Mom doesn't make them do the dishes. Dad doesn't make them mow the grass. Oh, they're studying. Studying. Bear the yoke. Balance the schedule. It is good that a man from his youth carries burdens because for the rest of his life, it's what he's going to be doing, carrying burdens. You know what a burden is? To be a man of integrity from your youth where when you say something, you'll own up to it. You'll be honest, you'll be truthful, you'll be dependable, you'll be on time, you'll be a man of integrity. Father carries a load of responsibility to have to work hard. I don't know many people who can make a thousand euros a week just getting on the internet. You know? I don't know many people like that. The rest of us have to work hard, amen? You teach your children to work hard. How are they going to learn how to work hard? You work hard. You work hard. You need to work hard, gentlemen. You need to work harder than anybody else in your home. Your wife shouldn't work harder than you. Father carries responsibility of mentoring his children. What does that mean? It's dad that takes the time and actually influences and molds the children. Mom doesn't do it that well. Not that mom doesn't try and not that mom can't. But the dad is the one, even without even thinking about it, he molds and he shapes and he mentors his children. That is a responsibility of being a dad. You know, it's the dad's responsibility to teach his children about God. 
It's not this church's responsibility to teach their children, your children. It's not the mother's responsibility. It's the dad's. Now, you need the help of the mom. You need the help of the church. But dad needs to make sure we're going to church. Yes, you're going to Sunday school. Yes, we're reading our Bible. Yes, we're, we're, uh, um, uh, we're, we're, we're making this effort so we go soul winning. It's dad's responsibility. It's also dad's responsibility to lead in the worship of God. See, if dad, if mom's the one that's going to church and dad's sitting at home, what kind of message does that say to the kids? Can't wait till I'm 18 so I don't have to go. Dad will ruin the worship of God in the home. Dads carry a load of responsibility to correct and chasten his children. Remember last month's memory verse in Proverbs? Anybody remember the verse? Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Amen? It's responsibility of a dad to correct the children. What did my mom say when I was a kid? Wait till your dad got home. Get home. Amen? Amen. And she meant it. She didn't forget about it. Mom had a great memory. And I prayed, dear Lord, dementia, please. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of responsibilities of the dad. He's the one that's supposed to correct the children. Amen. Don't leave it to mom. Mom may have to do it, but let me tell you, the one who's called to do it is dad. He has a responsibility to do it. Dad has the responsibility to love his wife, to love the mother of those children sacrificially, without stopping Dads have a responsibility to pass on an inheritance. By the way, it's nice to actually have something to have your, hand your kids when you pass on. That's the responsibility of dad, not the government. Government shouldn't be taking care of your retirement. Dad should be. Government shouldn't be taking care of how you live. Dad should be taking care of it. Should be passing it on and have it passing it on, passing it on so that we don't depend upon the government. He also reaps in his grandchildren. Just without going to the verse, remember Proverbs 17.6 17, 6 says, Children's children are the crown of old men. That means the reward of, of getting old are my grandkids. You say, what do I get out of all this work, out of all of this responsibility, out of all these time investing in my kids for one reason, grandkids? It'll be all worthwhile. If you haven't got any grandkids yet, you have no idea what I'm talking about. When they grab a hold of you, you'll say, I wish I had these first. Mm. <laughs> when there's 15 of them around you, 17 of them around you, you'll reap in grandchildren. You may not have two pennies to go together. But with 15 grandkids, you're a rich man. Become that kind of a man. Be a father on purpose. Don't just be a man. Don't Be a man that wants to be a father. Not everybody can be a father. By the way, not every woman will trust a man to be a father. But if you be this kind of a man who seeks to be an example, who has authority in the home, who will carry the load of responsibility, who looks forward to not only children but grandchildren, you might be trusted one day by a woman to be a dad. You might. Amen. A father is someone to look up to. Go to Exodus chapter 20. Genesis, Exodus, chapter 20. Verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Do you know that's the only commandment with a reason? 
Now, yeah, it's a promise. But I actually got convicted. It actually is more than just a promise. You honor, there's a reason why you honor your father. That thou mayest live long upon the earth. What does that mean? So that you can live long. So that there is a society that honors their parents is a safer society than a, than a society that despises their parents. You want to have self-destruction? You want to have riots in the streets? Raise kids who don't care about anything except themselves. I was reading an article and it said most kids see their parents as just older peers. Hey, Steve, when are we eating? Mary, when are we going to the... Is that your mom's name? Is that your dad's name? You see, they see their kids as just older peers. That's wicked and that's wrong. When I call my mom, her name's Barbara. But you know what I say? Hi, Mom. The only commandment with the reason out of all of those Ten Commandments is to honor. Most parents want to be loved. Who wouldn't? But you know what we need to want now? We, want, we need to want our children to honor us. Because children need to honor their parents. Now, it's very hard to honor God without first actually honoring your earthly father. This is the truth. We're going to learn it next week. If, if I don't love others, how can I say I love God? Amen? So if I say I honor God and yet I will not honor my earthly father, I'm a liar. God said, you want to learn how to honor me? Learn how to honor your dad. It's very hard to honor God without first honoring, actually, your earthly father. Your attitude towards your father fashions your attitude towards God, and that ought to hit a square in the heart. Because your attitude towards your dad soils and and affects how you worship God and how you see God. If your dad's a failure in your mind, and he may be, if your dad's a constant mess, if your dad never was there, You know, when you look at God, you're going to wonder, are you even there? Amen. But if you go back over your mind, you say, I'll talk about it in just a minute. You say, my dad may be flawed, but he's my dad. I had to do something when I got saved. I had hated my dad for about five solid years. I had despised his very existence. I had lived with a bitterness in me that said, I don't want to be with my dad. I don't care about my dad. I, I, I had all kinds of things without even being able to verbalize them right now. To me, my dad had hurt my mom, had left my mom, had abandoned us, had, had not cared about us, the whole gambit of what I could understand. And so I had this anger and this bitterness, and then I got saved. And I thought everything was hunky-dory. I could love God and still hate my dad. I'm a happy camper. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven. Dad, go to hell. That's what I was saying. Till one Holy Spirit filled preacher got up and said, God will never use a one of you until you forgive that person who hurt you the worst. God will not use you. God will set you up on a shelf and will turn his back on you and walk the other way and he will abandon your very purpose in living until you forgive. And I tell you what, first time in, in, in five years I cried and I don't cry very easy. And I said, God, I want you to use me. 
I supposed to, I was supposed to be a missionary. I, I was in Bible college. I was going to go win Ireland to Christ. You know how it is. And I was in Bible college, and that man of God preaching just tore me to shreds and left me in pieces. And he said, and he didn't know my dad's situation, didn't know my situation, didn't know anything. He says, until you're willing to honor and love that person who you hate and despise because of the hurt, until you are able to do that, you will never understand the love of God, and you'll never be used of God to help anybody understand the love of God. So from that moment on, I decided I was going to forgive my dad and love him as my dad. Amen? He never asked for forgiveness. He never tried to explain himself. He never tried to earn that right to be honored. You know what he got? Honor anyway. You know why? Because he's my dad. The Bible didn't say, children, honor your father and your mother when they earn it. Honor them. If you want to live long, and you know, another thing he said, he said, unless you want to die early, unless you just want to disobey God and just live short life, go ahead and hold your bitterness, hold your anger, uh, uh, just, just live toward your enemy the way you want to. My enemy was my dad. So let me just tell you, right here and right now, you have to forgive your dad for whatever failures he has introduced into your home. Honor him anyway. And by the way, if your children see you honor your parents, your children might just honor you. Amen. Amen. Tell you something you already knew. A father's flawed, and, and if any man in here is not ashamed of it, you're not a real man. You see, a father. More than a man, he is someone to look up to. But let me tell you, a father is flawed, just, just like everybody else. The Bible says all have sinned. There's none righteous, no, not one. But let me just tell you this. Fathers don't have to be perfect. Gentlemen, amen. So ladies, quit expecting your man to be perfect before he is honored. Kids, quit expecting your dad to be perfect before you go in there and hug him and love him anyway. And tell him, I love you. Don't you expect him to be perfect, because one day you're going to have a little kid looking at you and hyper-analyzing you. <laughs> Dad picks his nose. Dad's feet smell so bad. <laughs> there are right things to expect of men. But in this hypercritical age of ours, People only see flaws instead of men. Ladies, I'm sorry, but good men, are you ready? Good men are men. <laughs> We're not Prince Charming. As much as we try, <clears throat> we have body odor. Real men get dirty and don't mind it. Real men love to work and sweat and stay at projects way past bedtime. Good men love competition and competitive sports. Good men hate nagging. <clears throat> Good men are loud. God give us some men who are louder than the women. I'll tell you on a Wednesday night, I'll say, 
uh, uh, Larry, I'm not going to pick anybody. Larry, would you read? And so, in the scripture, it's just one, one slap them. And then I'll say, Susan, would you read? And so, the Bible says, I go, can we swap these two? <laughs> Men are loud. Amen. Men get upset at other drivers. Men yell at referees. Boy, do we want to punch politicians. Ladies, get over it. Men take risks and fail. They enjoy a good fight every now and then on TV. (laughs) My wife, we're sitting there, we're watching one of these medieval sword fights, you know, where you got an army going against another army, and they're they're slicing each other. Anita's like, she's tearing my flesh off. (laughs) And I'm going... Yeah, this is the best part, you know. <laughs> Men love to do their own things. What are you going to do with your time? Oh, we want, <laughs> we just want to go and do our own things. And we hate being late for things. Ladies, you're listening. And 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 by the way, we we do hate some things. Men don't normally love to shop. I'm sorry to break it to you, ladies. I'm sorry. Men don't love to hoover. Men don't love to talk a lot. Men don't constantly comment on what you wear. They don't fret over what to fix for dinner. Most men think fishing, hunting, abseiling, working on the car or the lawnmower is better than watching any chick flick. Sorry. But... Real men, good men, will always do all those things that they hate as often as necessary for the people they love. We'll do it. We'll do it. We just don't ask us to like it. <laughs> you go to the shop, you go to Mahan Point, and there are the ladies in new look. Where are the guys? On their phone outside, leaning against the rail, looking over, see if there's any way to commit suicide. <laughs> That's us. I'm sorry. We're not wired like you. We don't think like you. We don't love like you. We don't act like you. We don't smell like you. We're men. Amen. We're flawed. But you know, some of us got to become dads. A miracle. And just that very fact. Ladies, as flawed as we are, overlook all those flaws and say, I got to honor Gotta honor. Now, what good men need to thrive is good fathers. Now go to Jeremiah 32. <clears throat> Jeremiah 32. Good men need. I've got eight things. If you're going to thrive as, as a good dad, you need a new heart. Jeremiah thirty-two thirty-nine. <clears throat> Jeremiah thirty-two thirty-nine says this, and I will give them. You know what God offers? He gives. If you just want it, if you just ask for it, if it's if it's something you really want, God says, I will give them one heart and one way. It's not Craig's way, Eric's somebody Eric's his way and somebody else's way. No, I'll give them one heart, one way that they may fear me forever for the good of them 
and of their children after them. What do we need? We need a good heart. We need a new heart. Because our kids need us to have a new heart. You know, Jesus said in Revelation, he said, you've left your first love to a church full of people who'd worked so hard, but their heart was, was cold. Come down to the last church there in the book of Revelation, in the church of Laodiceans. They didn't even have a hot or a cold heart. They just were playing both sides. They were, pol- they were politicians. They were lukewarm. And Jesus says, you make me sick. I need that new heart. We need the fear of God in our in our lives, gentlemen. Sick and tired of women being more spiritual than the men. Go to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. When Jesus came along, he didn't look around for 12 women. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6. Now that's not a slam against women. <clears throat> it's just if this world is going to be fixed, it's not going to be fixed by women. It's not going to be fixed by children. It's not going to be fixed by teenagers. It's going to be fixed by men getting right with God. Proverbs 16 and verse 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Aren't you glad for mercy? And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Good men need the fear of God in their life. They also need their own walk with God. Micah 6 Keep going to the right. You're almost, you'll almost get to Matthew, but not that far. You'll find a little book called Micah. Micah is the book that actually foretells of where Jesus would be born. Around uh, 700 years before the birth. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. A man needs his own walk with God, doesn't need his wife's walk, doesn't need their pastor's walk with God. You need your own walk with God. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He has showed thee, O man. Not old man, just old man. <laughs> just every man. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. What's your day like tomorrow? If I came along, I tell you what, I'd find, um, I'd find, uh, Johan panicking, running from freezer to, to office, back and forth, handling phone calls and all that stuff. Let me tell you what he needs. Because in the midst of all of that thing, be praying. Be praising God, thanking God for the job, thanking God for health, thanking God for his kids, worshiping God. Singing Christian songs, handing out gospel tracts, making his life a light in this dark world. Hopefully that's convicting you. I don't know if it's getting through or not. <clears throat> but a walk with God. If your wife showed up at work, what would it be like? This is my wife. She stuck with me. Look at the kids that I've got. Look at the joy of the blessing of my family. You'd be very proud of it, wouldn't you? Amen. When you walk with God, as you say it, this is my God. This is the life he's given me. I'm not ashamed of it. And I live it. Listen, the world's living their filth. I'm going to live godly. Have a walk with God. You know what a good man needs? A good woman. Needs a godly woman who he can sacrifice for. Who can live for. In the old stories, you know what you had? You had, you had that, that, that person 
risking their life to save the fair damsel. Amen? To rescue them from the dragon. Ladies, be that lady again. Be somebody. Desire. Say, you know what? You know what my kids need to see? They need to see both mom and dad having all these things, by the way. But dad needs, boy, not to be torn down and shredded and found every fault by. He says, why, why struggle? Why, why sacrifice? Be somebody that he feels is worth dying for. Also, a good man needs praise. Proverbs chapter 27. Go back to Proverbs. That's what Father's Day is for, by the way. Don't lie on your card when you say, Dad, you're the best dad. Mean it. He needs a little bit of praise. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Well, let me see. I'm looking at the wrong thing. 27, 21. I've got the next one. Sorry. 27, 21. Thank you. Proverbs 27, 21, as the fining pot for silver. You wanna, if you're going to heat up silver and, and make it better, you put it in a fining pot, and the furnace is where you put gold to make it better. So is a man to his what? You want to make a better man? Don't tear him down. Honor him. Now, honestly, that's the hardest thing, ladies. You know why? Because we ain't worth it. We haven't earned it. But if you want to make a better man, go ahead and honor him anyway. Find something good to say. You want to help? You want to help? You know how that works with your sons. Realize those sons grow up and they still need that honor. An allowance for failure. Look at chapter 24 and verse 16. Back a few pages, 24 and verse 16. Allow for failure. Expect it, folks. Proverbs 24, 16 says this. For a just man, just meaning they're a good man, a godly man, he falleth seven times, not one time, two times, three times, but seven times, and rises up again. But the wicked, they fall into mischief and never come out. Allow your, allow your man to fail. Allow your dad to fail. That's the first thing I had to do when I forgave my dad. I had to realize he's just a man. I think it's only one person who won't fail me. What's his name? Jesus, the Son of God. Everybody else is going to fail me, amen? You've probably failed a lot of people in your time too. Allow for failure. God does, amen? What did Jesus say to Peter? Hey, Peter, you want to defend me? You want to stand by me? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, you're going to curse me. You're going to deny even knowing me. And you're not just going to do it once, Peter. You're going to do it... Jesus said, it's okay, I've prayed for you. This is going to change you, Peter. You're going to be so broken, you'll be a better man. Amen. He allowed for failure. Number seven, prayer. I I, I think in all the honoring of your dad, before you ever call your dad, before you ever hug your dad, you need to get on your face before God and say, thank you for my dad. Dear Lord, maybe your dad's not saved. And say, God, please help me be an example of what a Christian is. Help me to, to be able to speak something that would get his interest so that he wants to get saved. God, please help me as I honor him, help him to realize that I'm honoring him like I'm honoring you. Lord, he's unworthy, but you told me to do it. So I pray for him and I ask your blessing. Give me wisdom to say something that would encourage him and help him because dads need encouragement. Pray for him. 
And he needs a little bit of preference, by the way. Spend time with him, not just on Father's Day. If you've got your dad around, hold on to him, because he won't be around forever. By the way, do what he thinks should be done. Amen. You know what we do? We spend too much time wondering what our kids want to do. Why don't you ask dad? He probably will pass and says, anything you want to do. But it's nice when a dad is honored and somebody says, Dad, what would you like to do? Here, Dad, you hold the remote. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, one of the greatest privileges I had was when my great-grandmother, by by the way, where I get my name is from her. She was called Great-Grandma Craig. So I was named after my great-grandmother, my first name. That was a last name up until my generation where it became a first name. As a matter of fact, you had a member of parliament up in Northern Ireland named Craig. It was a last name, but it became a first name in my generation. And I was named after my grandmother's, my great-grandmother's family. But I tell you what, before I was saved, I hated going to her house. You know why? Because she talked. <laughs> oh, my soul, could she tell us Story that would go on and on and on. <laughs> then she, then I got saved, and we drove up. It was about a thousand miles. She lived in Texas. I lived in Central Texas, about eight hundred miles. We went up there and spent about a week with her. And I got saved. And I sat down. And I realized her stories were history. And sprinkled through it all was I never noticed was a thank God. Was a was a God kept us. I mean, she lived what was called Tornado Alley. So there were tornadoes that went through every year. It would tear roofs off and demolish schools and things like this. I was there one year where a tornado came through, and we had to go to the basement, and we came outside, and the school across the road was gone. (laughs) So anyway, but when I got saved, and we got to go up to great-grandma's house and sat down there, you know what? I hung on every word. Because this was my history. She told me my great-great-great-grandfather fought in the Alamo. Four or five, I'm not sure. George Lamb fought and died in the Alamo. You know what you'll learn if you listen to Dad? Maybe some long-winded stories. But you know what he knows? Your history. Listen to him. Ask him how he feels or what he's thinking. Preference. That helps men thrive. Let me run on this thing in the summary. There are five key areas that make or break a society. The awareness of the fear of God. That's why we have a church. It's to raise the awareness of people around us of the fear of God. We don't want to make everybody just feel better. Sometimes we want to make them feel bad. Sometimes we want to make people realize the wrath to come is serious. A hard work ethic. Freedom from tyranny. Servanthood among the people. That all makes for a great society. But one point, biological fathers... Staying in the home can make a society. And we know, as we've read here, the glory of children is fathers. Anybody remember what the, mean, what the word glory means? Give me another word for the word glory. The glory of children, three-letter word. Well, the praise or the joy of children. The thrill of children. The boasting of children is about their dads. So dads are vital to the stability of every nation and society and home. And child. You need to believe. If you're a dad, if you have the miracle of being a dad, be the dad. Don't expect mom to carry your burdens. You carry them. You are so important 
to your children. Be more than just a man. I'm the man around this house. Good, be the man, but be a dad. There's more to being a dad than just being the man. Be someone to look up to. I don't know about you, but it's very convicting, folks. It's very convicting. What do my kids see when they see me? Are they, are they looking at somebody who's got his own thing, or is, do they see somebody who's trying to serve God, trying to serve them, trying to serve their mother? Be someone to look up to. Stop and think about all the fights, all the arguments, all the mockery going on in your home that seems to be directed at one person. Guess who it is? The dad. And realize that's demonic. Instead of fighting dad, instead of fighting your husband, ladies, fight for him. Because your next generation needs you to stay. Needs dad to stay. So you're going to have to pray. Dad may not be saved. You need a witness to him. But above all, you need to honor him. Be more than just a warm body in the house. By the way, it's okay to be flawed. Every man in this home, it's okay to be a mess if you seek a new heart. If you desire to live under the fear of God and worry about what he thinks. You desire to have and you seek to and you endeavor to have your own walk with God. It's okay to be flawed as long as you're sacrificing your life for someone else besides yourself. And when you're learning from the ultimate father, who's the ultimate father? God. Look at what God is. Even when you have lost your dad or lost your husband, even though you've lost your family and things have broken up, you can, like Job, desire, I will retain my integrity. I'll still do right. Because your children depend upon it. Let's stand. Let's bow in prayer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let me tell you. God says, I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters. Amen. That's what he wants. He doesn't want to just... Be God. You'd like to be the most important person in your life. Your father. When your mother and your father forsake you, he will be there. Believe me. Some of us have to grow up and start to see that honoring our dads probably is the most important thing we can do as individuals to make sure our society goes on. At least it will mean everything to our children and to our home. It will reduce the influence of demonic attack when we honor our dad. Now, should dads strive to be more than... Of course they should. Shouldn't dads get saved, get born again, get in church, live for God? Of course. You do your thing you've got a dad who's still alive, you need to honor him of all days today. Let me tell you, not only today, honor him the rest of your life. If you have any concern about your kids growing up right, be an example. Forgive. Love. Now, there may be some things that, man, maybe you can't trust him. Maybe there are things that, maybe dad's in jail. I don't know, he's got to go through that thing. 
I'm going to tell you this, he's still your dad. And today of all days, the Lord's speaking in our hearts saying, if I want to worship, honor, and, and love God like I should, I'm going to have to learn how to do it to my dad. Ladies, for your kids' sake, get rid of the bitterness in your heart towards your husband, ex or not. And ask God for the ability to save the next generation from all the heartache that I've known and probably you've known too in the home. Father, I pray that you would bless these words. There's no way I could have balanced out everything and for me to cover both sides of this. The whole purpose, Father, was to get our eyes back on the right attitude we have to have towards fatherhood. A lot of us have been hurt either by our dads or by husbands. Men are wicked. Men, by nature, are ungodly. That's why he said we must be born again. As hard as we try, we'll never be perfect. But at least we want to try to be like Jesus. I pray that every man in this room would examine their heart and take a good look and say, am I even in the faith? Do I even know what it means to be born again? Am I, am I just a faker of fraud? Today would be the good day to get saved. God would like to be become your father. He'd like to give you the new birth. Christian man, God gave you a great gift and he gave you eternal life, but he offers you one heart and one way, if you take for it, that would, that would make you a godly man. Not only for your good, but also for the good of your children. Help us to have that in our eyes. Next time we're watching Homer Simpson, help us to turn him off. Help us to not allow for disrespect in our home, neither of mom nor of dad. Help us to get rid of every ounce of bitterness. Help us to reinforce our homes for the long term. Because you told us this is the only way to live long and to have a society, have a church, have right children. So bless our dads today. Thank you for the gifts of our fathers. In Jesus' name, amen.